0: Check one, check one, check one, two, and check one, three. Okay, I'm awake now. I was like, (laughs) so I had to wake up. (laughs) I've been up since six, but I already like walked my dog, did my exercise, like my little, I do like kind of like martial arts a little bit. Oh, cool. a what little bit you? like tai chi okay and
1: good.
0: then um i had my coffee i did my devotional mm-hmm. but then for some reason i think i may have had too much coffee because it kind of makes me like numb mm-hmm. <laughs> but i'm okay now
1: okay great hi hi um, <laughs> alice thank you for joining me today thank
0: you for having me Nee. i oh. appreciate it
1: so um yeah we're here to just me asking you dumb questions um because i i, I was explaining to you off the camera but I'm, I'll repeat it. I didn't grow up with any kind of African African American culture mm-hmm. and people around me. Even though I think the first I have, you know, I've received the exported culture like music and movie and sports right. at a young age, but I've actually never met anybody in real life. And uh oh, I told Charles this and he got a kick out of it. I didn't know Michael Jackson was black until like 2 years into listening his Music. I can understand why. Because the first album they exported to China was. It wasn't Third. What was the title of that album? Um, it was His Face in this car- uh, caravan, like. It was really pretty. I, I, oh, um, it was post surgery.
0: I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I forgot though. And
1: that was so big. I, I have it in my
0: in my mind's eye. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: So that was the first album, and this, you know, th- the music videos from the album was the first thing I knew about him. Mm-hmm. And then I remember, oh my god, I remember this like it was yesterday. My my dad brought home a uh, VCD player, so that was before even before DVD players. And I was like, oh, my God, I have to get some Michael Jackson music mm-hmm. videos. I would just watch it nonstop. And I got this, you know, they're all like material. Oh, <laughs> no, Okay. <all> okay. <laughs> so I got this compilation of Michael Jackson. I was so excited. I threw it in. And then the first video was um, uh, yeah, blocking out uh, on the name of the song. It was really cute. It was one of his earlier ones from the 80s. And I remember thinking, who is this? (laughs) I was like, it sounds like Michael Jackson, but what? Who is this dude? And then the the next one that came on was Beat It. Uh That was also pre-surgery. It was like, it's looking a little more, is this really Michael Jackson? Right. And then I just kept kept going and eventually, and then there were all kinds of rumors about him bleaching his skin, Mm -hmm. this and that. I just, I remember growing up, I was so just the the fact that African-American culture was so close because I listened to it, I watch it every day. I, right. I loved all the movies that was able to make make their way out to China. Mm-hmm. And um, but I've never actually met anybody in real life.
0: Well, it's funny because like with Michael Jackson, we we have a joke about we say, oh, that was when he was still black. Yeah, that was when he was black. I'm familiar with that. Yeah, you know because I grew up with him. You know, whatever, like from the time when he was little, when he was still with his brothers in the Jackson Five. You know, oh, he was so cute. You know, and he was cute. Like off the wall was like when he was like solo and he was still black and he had like this little afro and he was like so he was so cute. And then all of a sudden it was like he started changing, you know, and it was like he was unrecognizable. And then so there was a rumor that he had bleached his skin. We weren't Mm -hmm. sure. And then there was also, they said he had vitiligo, which Mm -hmm. is like when you're, yeah, the melanin in your skin is, you know, it's a skin disease or Mm -hmm. something. So, um, yeah, it was tragic, you know, yeah.
1: I love that music but it's yeah it's, it's so much more complex just as everything else with the african american culture here back in the states like, mm-hmm. there's so much that we just didn't know right and um
0: and what was exported day. was like a different they're really not a true narrative what was exported
1: yeah. was what had value to be sold mm-hmm. not the everyday life not exactly the everyday gritty life so, so
0: so what was exported to you guys sorry i need oh to it's that, okay off.
1: um like Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. Michael Jordan. Um, I'm not super. What kind of sports. movies? Movies. Okay, let me think. The first one I remember was Space Jam.
0: Oh wow! Really? Again, okay.
1: Again, any of the earlier, I, because again, I watched a lot of bootleg movies, so I might know like the ones that I'm familiar with might not have been officially exported to China. Mm-hmm. I, just, I have seen it. Right. Like Coming to America. Mm-hmm. I remember watching Trading Places when it came out, but I didn't like. It was culturally that was, I was not mature enough to understand the the, the irony, the satire in that. Um, and uh, was it Professor? Not a professor. I, oh, I was okay. a big Eddie Murphy fan okay. when I was a kid, because um, the, this there really was. I was before, under fifteen, just to watching these. Um, predominantly, you know, mostly Caucasian culture, European culture as more what's exported mm-hmm. and because the way the chinese mainland chinese government is set up they you know the the movies that they actually officially released into the market a lot of them came from the sylvia movie um movie scene uh and some most of most of the quote-unquote american movies are very old
0: mm. movies okay
1: like gone with the wind was super big Around the time I was growing up, I'm trying to think. Is it before or after? Probably. Oh, let me think real quick. Um, after, because you know we didn't have color color TV mm-hmm. until like way into the '90s, so. Um, if you you can imagine like being in the 90s watching Gone with the Wind and have it it's almost like a blockbuster
0: right wow yeah that's (laughs) interesting so it was
1: like a long stride behind what was actually happening in the states
0: Mm
1: -hmm. that's why I think at the time that's why like America was so attractive for a lot of people to come to America because it really is a completely different world like you if you in In what way because the the difference between China and America economically and culturally like in terms of modern t- pop culture movies and music and all that is night and day mm. like in the in the 80s and 90s and now like if I if anybody moved from China to America now like you barely see the difference and then a lot of suburb America small town America they probably would think this is not this is not as nice as what I have at home mm. like, my mom would say that if she moved if she moved here to new today and it just sees what we have around here. She's like, "Where are the malls? Where are the malls at?" Okay. Like there is no, there's not a lot, a lot of the luxuries, a lot of the, what the service industry has to offer. Mm-hmm. We just don't have it here. Mm-hmm. There's no market here. Like in China, there is just I don't know where people get their money from, but there's just this insatiable need and demand to consume consumerism, surf, surf, service, food, wow. culture. There's just the market is there.
0: Wow, I didn't yeah. know that.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting. I had an interesting conversation with my mom this morning because mm-hmm. uh, I don't I don't I mean I didn't even know that. I, I saw it on their social media. Apparently, the past um, while we were celebrating the fourth over here in China, they were celebrating the the 100 year anniversary of the founding of the CCP. Wow. And they had a whole thing. Really? A gigantic ceremony with you know. Military march and you know this and that set up and then the so the CCP
0: is that the Chinese Communist Party I think so okay
1: (laughs) I honestly like I care so much so basically the government yes I care so much about the politics in China because people have no say
0: really it's not
1: worth talking about like the the only thing you can say is praise and anything else get you in trouble and even if you do say even if you do care. There honestly isn't much you can do about it.
0: So it really is that restrictive. Yeah. What about like the surveillance, you know, the surveillance society? Mm-hmm. Is it true like that, like the government, like, like the citizens are really under surveillance, like with cameras everywhere and, you know.
1: So the the camera, I don't think the cam, so yes, there are cameras everywhere that, but that's just for security purposes. Okay. Like. Because you know there are so many people in China, you can't. If you're trying to stop people from shoplifting, you can't do that manually. You have to use cameras and technology. Mm-hmm. So if they are, and then nobody wants to suffer any financial loss, so people voluntarily will have cameras ever there, everywhere. But I remember, I understand there were rumors about like the the, the government is using facial recognition technology. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if they are experimenting with that mm-hmm. in certain spots over in the country, but it's not like everywhere. Oh, not okay. yet.
0: Okay. Not yet. Maybe like just in major cities.
1: Kind of like, major cities or, like here, too. <laughs> yeah, or they have, you know, they have tech towns, like the Chinese Silicon Valley. Uh-huh. They might have big experiments right. around there because that's where they get the first-hand statistics and everything.
0: Right, that makes yeah. sense. Smart have, cities. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're developing those, like, worldwide, too. Yes. You know, the if, smart if, cities. If they know
1: anything, they know about control. Mm-hmm. Like, if America, the American government doesn't stand a chance. Wow. In terms of, like, hurting their flock. Right. They're just they're, There's no... I mean, I mean, there is with you know with social media and everything, there is hurting the flock. You can kind of sway the public narrative a little bit, but in China, people's thought don't really stand a chance.
0: Okay, it's
1: very much controlled.
0: So, what do you think it feels like when someone, if someone is able to leave, because I've heard of people like um, going to Taiwan or like Mm -hmm. trying to escape to Taiwan Mm -hmm. from you know from China, or is that like is that true or
1: so uh, right around before the uh, the, the new um, People's Republic of China was founded, you know the the CCP and what was the other party? God, I, I honestly I don't know. Not, I cared so little about history because I just at the time when I was taught these things, I didn't think they would impact my life in any anyway. But anyway, there were two major parties. One was the CCP, whose um, their constituents or the farmers, mm-hmm. the, the poor, the, the helpless, the okay. uneducated. And there was this other party that was mostly uh, constituted with uh, the, the country's elites. Oh, okay. They were the ones who were very well educated. They went to Harvard, Stanford, all, all that. Like, mm-hmm. You name all the top schools around the globe at the time, they've gone there. Um, received a lot of Western influence. They know there needs to be a revolution in China. But they are—they were almost a little. They were their visions were grand, but they don't necessarily know how to um, put boots on the ground. I understand. Yeah, they there was a in there was a um, disconnect between where they came from because they're mostly rich kids, mm-hmm. well educated, at least middle class, mm-hmm. and you're but the like the ninety percent of the country don't can't even write their own name okay like they're illiterate they just don't care like I want to at and at the time like the people what well, the people were thinking I want to get the Japanese out of here I want to not die I want to not starve. Mm-hmm. what you are talking about the country's future I have I don't care
0: that's too far off exactly. for us. yeah so we're the, just trying to, and the to maintain was, and survive
1: exactly the CCP was really good at mobilizing the group I understand that that group and then that's how they came into power. They basically squeezed the other ones out and then the other party they have to the the leader of the party uh, um Chiang Kai-shek he had to basically go to Taiwan. He was exiled, voluntarily exiled to right Taiwan
0: because
1: otherwise, you
0: know, for his safety. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
1: So so yeah, that was that was true. That was true. And then nowadays, you know, with technology and everything, it's if you for some reason choose to be a human rights activist or a lawyer in China and then you got in trouble, which you will inevitably, and then it's much harder to escape anywhere else because, you know, they just have okay like, control. Right, they, they, I understand. Everything's under 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 their fingers.
0: Okay, thanks for explaining that. Oh, no, don't yeah. worry
1: about it. It's just um, part of the reason I'm doing this, and I, I always welcome, if anybody wants to ask anything, questions about China, um, I can explain from my experience and what I have learned in real life. And that's pretty much it. Right. But I always welcome the, 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 the opportunity because a, a lot of people really don't know much about China, mm-hmm. um, especially and I always like I, I'm not a, I'm not an activist, um, but like every time I see somebody posting something, the Chinese government is. I was just thinking about this the other day. I don't know what prompted it to me. Like the, 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 the hunger they have for power right now. People are like, oh, why is the Chinese, why can't they just be, you know, be home and be happy with what they have? So the, 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 the CCP, this whole organization, is like a person who has been beaten so badly when like somebody came into their home and beat their ass, mm-hmm. and they they were on the brink of death, mm-hmm. and then they were able to bring themselves back with outside help, which they will not really admit. They would you know bring all the glory to themselves. Like we did everything ourselves, but we all understand there were out there. There was outside help.
0: Really, from who? Like um, the Soviets or who?
1: The Soviets helped a little bit. The Americans helped. Um, to in terms of the effort of kicking out the Japanese. Mm-hmm. The Americans definitely helped. The portion of it, you know, everybody has their own beliefs. If, if you ask, you know, people who are more patriotic in China, they probably would not really want to admit there was any kind of outside help. It's, it's, I mean, the, the people did sacrifice greatly for, right. the, for the eventual victory. But, you know, they they the, the 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 controlling class the, the the powerfuls want people to believe because if you make the if you stroke the people's eagle and then they will follow your they will follow your lead right and then they will say if you make them think that you know the idea of heading towards wherever you're headed to is their own idea and they will just follow that's gladly. true yeah
0: that's a I great mean, point
1: i mean that's yeah, it, it,
0: because it's easy to forget the past, you know, mm-hmm. and, and to change the narrative going, yeah. and going forward.
1: Yeah. You and, know. Then, and then it's it, and it's not just history. Like I was uh, just a little bit of not revision, revisionist, but not limited to history. Mm-hmm. I was reading um, this. Somebody gave a talk about how the um, the Chinese textbooks in China has been little by little being edited, not for the purpose of rewriting history or brainwashing, but it's just peop- some people at these publishers who, publishing establishments, who make these curriculum, they just have the editing power of choosing things at their convenience. Mm-hmm. Like, just Because um, there were um, classical uh, literatures that we, they would want to be teaching the kids from China or, if you know, foreign culture, foreign language translated text, the people the, the, the people worked really hard back in the 50s and 60s to translate these texts to want to, you know, spread culture, to educate the young. And then 30 years later, whoever that was in charge of republishing these um, texts, body of text, they just look at it like, oh, no, that's going to that's be too difficult to explain to kids, like, like we're not bothered so let's just dumb it down
0: okay I understand that
1: they didn't even bother to notify the teachers or it's just oh no this is what you're teaching this year wow and you know and then somebody caught it Mm -hmm. they they read it it was like this is not right the the ending is not the same as the original and so they did this whole this whole study research about what exactly has been happening and they just saw this gradual change Mm. and then it's just and then they're just basically experimenting with kids and then thinking that kids cannot don't have the intelligence to handle it's real, real, um, real art.
0: Basically. Right, that kind of happened here too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's
1: that's 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 one thing I learned from you know having my own child. I always thought because you, if you watch TV or movies, mm-hmm. you know, you know when they portray kids around you know the age when they fir- when they can first start running around, but can't really have a Conscious conversation. Mm -hmm. They're just crazy. Like kids are just crazy. Like they have no intelligence behind it. But when I'm watching my daughter, like no, this kid understands things. They do. That's right. I can definitely. I she gets it. Mm -hmm. So I don't. And so I, I. When when she comes you know when when it's her time to go to school i definitely will be keeping tabs on whether yeah that's good i mean it's
0: tragic that you know like a lot of the arts and you know were taken out of the curriculum or Mm. there was no funding for Mm -hmm. you know i remember i mean going to music class Mm -hmm. and art class and language class you know i mean i took french in seventh grade
1: that's awesome yeah
0: and it was just common and i remember like my music class in seventh grade seventh or eighth grade i mean i learned math i learned you know harmony i learned how to get along with others because you Mm -hmm. know you have to cooperate with Mm -hmm. others in order to harmonize you know Mm -hmm. i mean it was really valuable to me yeah you know and um i don't you know i don't know slowly but surely there started to be less funding for mm-hmm. ed, you know for arts and education and mm-hmm. or there was no value i guess placed on it but it really is valuable creative arts are valuable yeah you know exactly expression
1: Just, otherwise you don't you have so many problems that need to be solved these days if if, if kids are not taught or given opportunities to even think about the problems that that actually are in their lives. Yeah, kind of, I really hate this whole shield shielding, like helicopter parenting. I know, I agree. Creating this false pretenses that that there is no problem in your life. Mm-hmm. Like, no, they need to see these problems early, and then it's gonna take them at least a decade to come up with their own solution. Mm-hmm. But if they don't see it, and then it suddenly just springs up to them when they're adults, they don't know how to deal. Of course, they yeah. freak out. Exactly.
0: Yeah. yeah. So. And kids are a lot more resilient than we give them credit for, mm-hmm. you know.
1: Yeah. So yeah, you. I remember you mentioned you were a military child. Mm-hmm. So what was your experience?
0: Um, well, for me, well, we were talking about Okinawa. Mm-hmm. So I was born on Okinawa. I don't remember it. I know that um, that was my first language mm-hmm. because I have my babysitter. Okay. That's what she's. You know, she spoke. Japanese to me, and I know, and so my mom said when we came back to the States, she had to, I had to be deprogrammed, <laughs> um, so my, from what I understand, I wish I actually, when I was 25, I would have gotten dual citizenship, you know, I don't know if it's too late or not, huh. but um, when we came back to the States, we came back to, um, I grew up in Fayetteville, okay. in North Car- here in North Carolina at Fort Bragg, and I remember... Well, and then we left when I was five. We went to Ethiopia, so instead of Germany, most people go to Germany. We went to Ethiopia. It was my dad's, you know, my dad How was old were you there until fourth grade.
1: Oh wow! Yeah,
0: so I remember everything. I remember starting school. I remember. You know, we used to go to Misawa to the Red Sea. And mm-hmm. I remember floating in the Red Sea because of so much salt. And, you know, it was a happy time for me. I remember Haile, Selass- Haile Selassie was still the emperor of Ethiopia. He came to our school. We had to learn the Ethiopian national anthem. It's Idy- Idytria now, as Mara. But um, back then, it was just Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. And I remember all of that. And I remember when i when on sundays we would go to church and i remember seeing like the orthodox um church Mm -hmm. you know the ethiopians that were or you know going to church and i used to think that they were like princes and and princesses you know and kings and queens because everything was like so beautiful and so majestic Mm -hmm. and you know um, but I also remember seeing poverty, too. And I remember it was the first time I had ever seen children um, begging in the street, you know. And so there was, like, this dichotomy there. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of confusing. Um, and we always lived off base. Mm-hmm. Whenever we lived overseas, we lived off base. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I just remember, like, colors and, you know, baboons and... But a beautiful city and beautiful people and just, like, really steeped in history. I just knew it was some, I knew it was special mm-hmm. and I knew it was magical, you know, and I, I, I knew it was back. history. I haven't been back. My dad went back or, like, right before they had the revolution in the, in the, um I forgot when they had the revolution, like, when it split. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't been back. But I'd like to go back, so... Yes. Yeah, sounds like
1: a wonderful experience for kids. It was. And what 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 after that? What after that? So then we
0: came back to the states, and I grew up in Fayetteville, Mm -hmm. and I had a really, um, I had a happy childhood. We were middle class, Mm -hmm. and it's interesting because my neighborhood. Now that we I look back, I did not realize that the our houses my our parents built our houses in that whole neighborhood. You know, it was a new neighborhood, and it was called Woodland West, Mm -hmm. and. Now that I look back, they intentionally built that neighborhood, the parents, because most of the dads were black and most of my friends' moms were either from Japan or from Germany or from Denmark or, you know, we had black moms too. My mom was mixed. Mm-hmm. And so the black men, the black servicemen intentionally built that neighborhood so that they could have a safe place. For their children and their wives, so all my almost all my friends were mixed. But I thought that's what America was, mm-hmm. you know. That's how I grew up with that's America. Mm-hmm.
1: It's oh my god, yeah. Like they had that kind of vision. Yeah, they were smart. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah. and then this was one back in the.
0: This was like uh, in the seventies. Yeah, in the seventies, wow. and so um, when my dad retired, I was fourteen, and we moved to Ohio, mm-hmm. and that was like a shop you know (laughs) yeah um it was cold Uh we didn't want to live my sister and i didn't want to live in our house because it was made out of wood instead Uh of uh brick (laughs) we thought it wasn't a real house and this was the first time that i had gone to a predominantly black school okay and it was i was scared And because my school was mixed, my school was, you know, Mm -hmm. that was what I was used to. And people were like, when we first got there, I went to a mixed school, you know, it was racially mixed. Mm -hmm. But my mom and dad got divorced and we moved to another neighborhood. And that's when I went to a predominantly black school. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had heard like all these, you know, you're going to get stabbed and, you know, and it would totally was like a lie because they were like the highest achieving school in that district, Mm -hmm. you know so that just goes to show you it doesn't matter like if you're black or white or asian or you know if you're told um, a false narrative that's what you're gonna believe Mm -hmm. you know so it was a good experience for me you know that's where i I took mass media there Mm -hmm. at that school that black school um i went to a magnet school and i learned electronic music we had a radio station there so i learned you know
1: it was it was great. So you came into the industry early.
0: I did. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's it was in twelfth grade. I, I took those classes. So yeah, that's
1: great twelfth grade. I was just face deep in textbooks. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And then what made you choose to settle down in Newberg?
0: Um. Oh wow. That's a long. It was like. Oh, I mean, I lived in a lot of other places too. Okay. I, I, I mean. Turkey, Saudi Arabia, you know.
1: I would like to hear that. Yeah. What what, oh. what was that experience like?
0: Um, well, my my, my mom and dad they got remarried. Okay. <laughs> and Great. so my dad had been working in Saudi Arabia. He decided to go to Saudi Arabia. And mm-hmm. so he my mom went there. Um, I was 17 and so I was living with my sisters, you know, in the house and my mom and dad, you know. Mm-hmm. And um I wasn't going to school. I I was supposed to be going to community college. I was playing around, you know. So I got summoned to Saudi Arabia (laughs) when I was 18. Somebody's
1: got to watch you. Yeah.
0: So I got summoned. And it was like right in the middle of Ramadan. And I was like, what is this? Tragedy, you know. But it turned out that it was, I actually went lived there twice. And it turned out that it was really expatriates lived a really nice life in Saudi Arabia and uh, it was a really good experience for me it was an international community and um, you know we lived in a villa you know it was great and then I went back a second time and I was almost 19 my dad was like okay it's time for you to go back to the States you know you need to figure out what you want to do And uh, I thought I wanted to be a a flight attendant for Saudia Airlines because they were like, you know. They have some, yeah. Yeah.
1: Pretty kick-ass airlines. Exactly.
0: Um, And I was, like, going through the process. And by that time, my mom and dad decided, my mom and dad, (laughs) they separated again. And so my dad had met his now wife, who just Mm -hmm. passed away, actually. I'm sorry. Yeah, thank you. And... um, So I think he wanted to be with his wife and, you know, so they could know each other better. And (laughs) it was time for his teenage kid to go and find herself. So he sent me back to the States, you Uh know. Um, And then I got married and my husband was in the Air Force. So then we went to Turkey and I was spoiled and I started modeling when I was in Turkey. And so when you go to Saudi Arabia, you get um, you have to get clearance. So Mm -hmm. I had a, a red passport. And so it's like a diplomatic passport. Mm-hmm. And so when I went to Turkey, I, like I said, I started modeling. And so my husband was like, was, so basically I left my husband in Turkey. I was so brat. I was a brat. I was spoiled. I was 19. And it sounded
1: like a pretty good life so far. It was fun. Wow. <laughs> I was having fun. Yeah, me too. i too. Yeah,
0: I was, you know, I was too young. So um, I stayed, and my husband left, and I got divorced in Turkey. And so the reason I, I bring up the passport is because that was how I was able to navigate with that. Rep. Okay, it was expired, and I <laughs> and I still I used to get my mail at the American consulate and everything. I just wave it, and they just like wave me in. You know, I just be I shouldn't be telling this, but I am sweating like a hog. Excuse it's okay. Me. It's okay.
1: I know it's hot in here. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Don't know it's it's all right. Um, so yeah, so um, I had a great time. I stayed in Turkey for two and a half years and um I was actually, like, watching myself on YouTube the other night. <laughs> Wait, you gotta send me some of those. I know. They're, like, all grainy, but, you know, they had this show called The Vizon Show, uh-huh. and that was, like, the big show that all the models wanted to be in, uh-huh. and it was only, there were only, like, a hundred of us, maybe a uh-huh. hundred, you know, and so I was in it twice, and I was, like, you know, having fun, so anyway, make a long story short. And then in between that time, when I came back to the States, I went to Paris and twice and lived there for a little while. Wow. <laughs> I had a French boyfriend. So anyway, so I came back to the States, blah, blah, blah. Long story. Um, I got married. My husband is from California. We moved here from California. This is like 30 years later because mm-hmm. I lived in New York, too, for all during my 20s. And... um. It was just a fluke, the way we we found New Bern. Like, I knew I wanted to leave California. Um, it was getting expensive. I did not like where we lived in Fresno. Mm-hmm. Aesthetically, it wasn't pleasing to me. Mm-hmm. And the only place I knew that was my home, in my mind, was North Carolina, even mm-hmm. though I left when I was 14. You know, but it's the longest place I ever lived. Mm-hmm. You know, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. And so at the time, my husband and I were thinking about separating. So I was like, well, I'm going home. I'm going to North Carolina. <laughs> I had no idea where, you know, where I was thinking about Fayetteville. Mm-hmm. So my husband and I started working things out. But it's funny um, how you put things out into the universe. Mm-hmm. Because at the time, he was working um, at a warehouse And so it was through an agency, and the agency had, they got another agency, so we had to renew the information, Mm -hmm. his, you know, his onboarding information. So I did it, and I accidentally did it on the national site. Mm -hmm. And so somebody from New Bern called him for a job. (laughs) And we were like, New Bern, where is that? So we looked it up, and my husband was like, oh, that looks kind of nice, you know, and I was like yeah it does look kind of nice you know and so to make a long story short it was just things just kind of fell into place things Mm -hmm. just started like going it was you know it i say it was god god knew what he was doing Mm -hmm. he he brought us here you know because everything just fell into place yeah and we came here sight unseen we didn't know anyone you know we had a little small u-haul we sold everything in our house you know and, um, yeah, so we've been here since 2015 and we're still together. Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: I got to ask though, like, did, have you ever told your kids about your experience growing up? How jealous are they? <laughs> okay, I, I don't mean, know. yeah, I think,
0: yeah, I think my daughter, my, my oldest daughter, she's 25, mm-hmm. She's starting to venture out more. Mm-hmm. You know, I personally feel like my children... Well, my son wants to go to Ecuador, so that's good. He has a lot of, like, we call it a gypsy spirit. My son has a lot of my gypsy spirit. Okay. Uh, my daughter, she seems more hesitant. My oldest daughter, she seems more hesitant about... Um, venturing out overseas you know Mm -hmm. which is like I'm like why when she was in school I was like you know why don't you go overseas we'll help you pay for it you know see the world and yeah you have no
1: responsibilities yeah take a look if you don't like it just come back yeah
0: exactly but she was like more hesitant but my son he's more adventurous and my other daughter she's married you know to a military man so she'll be able to you yeah. know yeah, <laughs> she
1: will get her yeah she's okay <laughs> so yeah, exactly
0: yeah so there's yeah so i don't know that's my story pretty much in a nutshell that's, that's awesome yeah
1: so i mean but when when you were living all in all these different places what when was the first time you noticed there was any kind of tension or things that are being done unfairly Like, from your actual experience, not just hearing what's happening in the States or whatever. You mean
0: as far as, like, racial? Yeah. So, I think my first experience with um, being called the N-word was when I was in... Well, it was my first experience. I was in school. Okay, but to be fair, Mm -hmm. I was bullying this girl. (laughs) I wasn't bullying her. I was challenged to fight her because she was, like, the, you know the school you know bad girl
1: i was that girl when i was
0: in school okay yeah. so my friend challenged me to start a fight with her okay you know and you know it was my it kind of my fault you know because she really could have kicked my behind (laughs) that girl girl could kick some butt Okay, and i was actually lucky she you know she didn't but she called me the n-word you know but i kind of feel like we were kids and that was her her default Mm -hmm. you know were to call me Mm -hmm. you know um we both got in trouble and I remember Mm -hmm. saying to the principal that you know I'm not and you know the n-word you know because I'm not ignorant and that's what the n-word means and at least that's what when I was growing up that's what it meant in the dictionaries like Mm -hmm. someone who's ignorant and you know but um Other times, I think we're more subtle, maybe, you know. Even one time, I remember in Turkey, when we had the uh, fashion show, I could speak Turkish, and I could understand it. And I remember one of the makeup artists saying, you know, um, I'm not going to do the black girls' makeup, you know, the Zinjikus and makeup, whatever. I forgot how to say it now. Um, And I remember I snap back at her in Turkish and I was like I don't need you to do my makeup I'll do my own makeup you know and they were like shocked and I was like hmm that was unnecessary you know but um trying to think of other times I think other times it's just like more well you know you get followed when I you get followed around in stores Mm -hmm. not so much now but you know there are plenty there were times when it's just pretty obvious mm-hmm,
1: um, I feel like when we're in the military, when we're especially if you grow up in the military community, it's a much really in, in, I mean comparatively speaking, it's much fairer and because the diversity in the, the military community is. it's, yeah. it's every, whoever wants to do the job really, there is no there's not really much discrimination. At least in terms of joining the military. Yeah. And then you just especially as a child, you grow up seeing everybody. That's something I didn't something I didn't notice until I kind of started no, learning more about America through media. Mm-hmm. This is before I could I actually got this chance to live here um, because I went to England for college and I lived in London for five years, five, a little more than five and the crowd there is very mixed too Mm -hmm. and you have a lot of people from india a lot of people from other middle eastern countries and or east europe and you know there are a lot of black people there too but it's just i honestly didn't notice that like and also because like the the crowd I, i was in a pretty bubbled like protected crowd like I was in art community our, our community right so whoever's in that community regardless of race and gender you're by default cool mm-hmm. so nobody's <laughs> not people are not and then you know they're so good looking my god <laughs> my god they were so good looking uh-huh. it was so I oh my god I had so much like body image issue just from just being in that because oh god everybody is so good looking and, um, and then even, and then, honestly, I don't remember n- needing to use or describe anybody as black mm-hmm. when I was in college. Wow. You just call them by their name. That's and, and neat. And just, it, it wasn't. Wow. I mean, I honestly. That's really profound. I never really needed to describe somebody's um, ethnicity. Mm-hmm. Like, either unless i really don't because we have smaller classes like everybody knows everybody mm-hmm. and then people outside your classes unless you are really social you just don't know and then you don't care and then and then and then it really the the one the the one group that really stood out was because i was a student i didn't have a lot of money so i used to we we moved around every year because. The rents always going up so we always we moved gradually further and further and further away from because mm-hmm. our, our college is dead, smack dab in the middle of the city wow yeah um and um i remember once i moved out 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 of zone three or something mm-hmm. and there was the, the 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 area had a lot of like african immigrants so you started hear like really heavy like African or Haitian accent, Mm -hmm. English, when I was on the bus with two buses and, you know, subway everywhere. So you just, you see all these different people, then that's the the group. I like, I mentally never made the connection Mm -hmm. of whether or not I should or need to treat them the same. Like, it just never really came up. That's pretty cool though. But looking back, I was just, to me, like that seemed like two different crowds. Like, the, the ones that I meet at school or out at parties or just get to know, and the ones that I met, you know, on the buses or overheard their conversations or thing. to me, it just felt like it was two separate groups. Oh, okay. But that was also because, you know, they just came to the country right a year or so ago.
0: But you still to- picture them as, like, Londoners, right? Well, or- yeah. they yeah. here to stay. Yeah. Like, it, well. it, it didn't
1: feel like anybody was chasing them out of the yeah. or anything. So, and then... And then even when, you know, my husband joined in 2016, mm-hmm. and then we were here for a brief year when he was going through all the training and stuff. Is your husband
0: American? Yeah. Okay.
1: He's, he's you know, Caucasian. He grew okay. in the suburbs of Chicago. Oh, okay. Um, So even, you know, even in 16, I mean, that was when Trump was running for the first time. That's honestly, honest to God, that was the first time I've even heard about attention. Mm. That was really the first time the media started playing it way up. Like, that's all you heard about. That's yeah. when they first caught my attention. And, um, and, um, so I'm, I'm just curious. I, I can't, I have, I have not involved myself in any of the discussions because I have not lived the life. I don't know the people. Like, if you want to tell me gender, uh, not gender, if you want to tell me stereotypes, of course stereotypes exist. Like, I Exhibit some of the Asian stereotypes sometimes, mm-hmm. so I, I understand. But then to overgeneralize people in such way, a media like mass media and now social media, I just feel like it's unfair. And then I'm not interested in those narratives. I want exactly. I want to know more people from the actual community, mm-hmm. and also because just I hate to say it, but the again I the, the you and Charles the first one I actually got to get getting to know. But I have met other African-American or just, I, I can't, this, this is a tough terminology because when you were, when I was in England, they're not African-American. I But they, they don't call themselves African-British. What do they call themselves? I guess they would use black in, amongst themselves. Okay. I've never called anybody, like that, that black dude or that black girl. I never really needed to use that term. Um, but they're just, the majority of them that I've met have a great personality, and you're just fun. And mm-hmm. it's always been a world that I want to kind of look into. Mm-hmm. I, it's just it's fascinating to me. And um, so when I had a chance to know more about you guys, I just wanted to, like, I have this curiosity about people's actual opinions and, and their the, the culture that they live in. And also believe that you can create your own culture.
0: I agree with that. Like the
1: the, the aspects of your tradition that you don't like. Just abandon it. And right. Your own.
0: I totally agree like with why, that.
1: Like why why get stuck in something someone else they, they created it. Somebody yeah. created it. Yeah. And and then just, just just why not
0: just be your an individual, be yourself. Exactly. Right? Yeah.
1: To, why put yourself in a box? And then um
0: It's funny because, like, I mean, there are aspects of, like, some, you know, there are some, like, cultural aspects that a lot of us exhibit just by, I don't know, just by being in that environment, I guess, you know? Yeah,
1: from your friends and family. Yeah. They they just kind of mold you into who you are yeah
0: yeah i remember okay so i work i still actually work for a radio station in california Mm -hmm. and that was actually my first radio station and believe it or not we had two formats christian talk (laughs) and asian (laughs) okay and you know it's funny because like you go to like if i wanted to work at like one of the spanish-speaking um, radio stations—they wouldn't hire me because I didn't speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. But this radio station, they were like, you know what? You know how to board up? You know how to do this? You know, come on in. And I mean, so it was Mong mm-hmm. and it was Laotian, mm-hmm. and at the time we had Japanese and Punjabi Indian. Okay. So it was Asian, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. you know a lot of people don't know Indians are Asian, right? A lot of people don't know that, you know, and. I remember, it's so funny because, like, one of my coworkers, Kong, at the time, I, we, I also did sales. We were so small. We mm-hmm. still are so, so small. You know, I'd be on the poster, you know, like, you know. you got to K-
1: everything yourself.
0: Yeah, KBIF, number one Asian radio station in mm-hmm. Central Valley. And, you know, it'd be me and my boss. My boss is Italian, you know. And, you know, all of my Asian coworkers, you know. We'd be on the calendar every year, you know, that we put out. And I remember, um, I remember, it was so funny because my coworker and I, we were ch- doing some sales and he was in his cube and I was in my cube and we were like put on rain music or sometimes we do like um, yoga or Tai Chi and stuff, like take breaks and you know, but I remember one time I was making a sales call and I was like, you know, I was kind of loud, you know, and, like people make jokes that black people are loud, right?
1: well we kind of are
0: <laughs> you know a
1: lot of you have great voices
0: like yeah that's voice. such a nice way to
1: say it <laughs> it's, it's the way the way voices are projected right yeah yeah we're it's, loud you know
0: we're in lively but it was thanks
1: for great
0: radio it does i agree thank you So I had got, I got off the phone and I was like, you know, I was like, okay, thank you so much. You know, I look forward to working with you, blah But I realized, oh man, that was loud, you know? And so I told my, I leaned back, I was like, hey, sorry, I was so loud. I was like, it's a cultural thing. (laughs) And he was like, he was like, don't worry. It's a cultural thing for us to to eavesdrop. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> he was Asian, right? Yeah, and I was like, Asian. "It wasn't that great." He was like, "We eavesdrop, so it, it's okay." You know, I was like, "Wow, that's great. That was a great comeback." You know, that's cool. So yeah.
1: Well, that I mean, I don't know if it's a cultural thing, but I, I definitely do that a lot.
0: What like, eavesdrop?
1: No. <laughs> I my mom my mom does that. I remember my mom like just you know I don't I honestly don't know how to explain this, but I remember and I remember this just became part of my behavior, Mm -hmm. it's not something, I I just picked it up, like we would just be talking and then you hear a sound and you would just cut your conversation, (laughs) cut off your conversation right there, it's like, what are you talking about? Uh, And then I remember remember being on the bus with my mom and my mom doing that, so I, I, this definitely part of it came from her, yeah, but,
0: or is that just a mom thing? (laughs) because we do each (laughs) row
1: it it, it might be a small town thing because you know that information is going to be valuable if you're in new
0: york
1: you hear something on the on the on the bus you don't know who that is you don't care yeah but if you're in a smaller town like my hometown was fairly small when i when i was growing up there and you, know, you hear something like that's valuable information. Like gossip in small towns have value. Gossiping, big cities. Like I don't know why you're talking about that. It's talking yeah, about Kardashians. I guess. Right. It's like, funny. You, why spend your time gossiping?
0: Yeah, it's funny though, because like when I lived in New York, they were like the friendliest people. Like you just start talking to you know strangers and mm-hmm. you know. They were actually like the friend, very friendly.
1: Where did you live when you were in New York?
0: I lived all over. I lived in the city. Uh-huh. Um, I lived on in Midtown when I first moved there, uh-huh. and then I lived um, on the Lower East Side. I was uh-huh. a scrappy musician, and I had an apartment in Hoboken. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah. What well, was... did
1: you did you play or did you sing? I sang. I sang. I
0: figured, yeah. I <laughs> tried
1: to say it, but I figured you have that your your voice has a depth to it. Thanks.
0: Well, they taught me how to sing, you know. But yeah,
1: that's great. I only I visited New York twice. The first time was on my own, and I got an Airbnb in Alphabet.
0: Oh, Alphabet City. City, Yeah. yeah.
1: So I didn't. I honestly didn't know. I I just know. I know because I was only there for four days. So I wanted to stay within the Manhattan, so it's easier to get to all the museums. Yeah. Everything. I was like, if I come back again, I I actually have had one or two friends who lived there. And when I come back again, I'll explore the surrounding area a little more. Mm-hmm. This time I'm just here for the, all the museums. And I. so I got the, oh my God, the, the store. I honestly, I the, the the apartments I stayed in when I was in Linden was not fancy. I stayed in one really good apartment because I had a really rich roommate and mm-hmm. talked me into renting something that I could not, renting something I could not afford. Um, but that apartment in New York, I was a little shocked.
0: Really? So in really, what way?
1: The floor was sloped. Uh huh. Like just first of all, it's a it's a uh, three story walk up uh-huh. on top of a bar, and you walk up the stairs and stuff. That's all fine. I'm, I'm used to all that. Like most of the buildings in Europe, or at least in England, does not have elevators, so you walking up is fine. And then I opened the door, and it is just the space was as wide as your eyes can see without using your per- peripheral vision. Mm-hmm. And that's their living room. Mm. And then to the left is a closet that's called a bedroom. <laughs> and the living room floor was like visibly slow. Wow! And there was water damage on the walls and stuff. And um, they made it look cute on Airbnb the way that they took the photos, but uh, uh, but it was a little it was a little rough. And then. <laughs> I remember I went to see one friend. Um, They, you know, I think they lived in, they work in Manhattan, but I think they lived in Dumble. Was it Dumble? I don't know. Right outside, I think it's somewhere in Brooklyn. I I honestly don't remember. This was a few years ago. But then they they were asking me, like, where are you staying? I was like, oh, Alphabet City. And then they were like, ooh, it's a little rough. Yeah. Like, it's okay. Yeah. Like I walked because, you know, I'd lived in big cities before, so I kind of have my basic skill sets of how to avoid seemingly crazy people mm-hmm. and drunks. Mm-hmm. So even walking around at night, like the first night, I was a little scared because, you know, you, you, as a girl traveling alone in, in cities, they were teaching like, when you get to a place, check their crime map, see where you're in, see your area. And I checked the crime map, and it was it was the statistics <laughs> was very scary. Yeah. So the first night, I just or I got an Uber. and went to a deli that because I I love a deli. I love a Jewish deli. Mm-hmm. They have so oh much, yeah, so much great food. So I I just ran into the deli, got my food, got back out, got jumped into the Uber, and I came back. Mm-hmm. And the second night, because I got there in the afternoon, so the first chance I got was already night. The se- second day, I started walking around the neighborhood I th- during daytime. And that's a fine neighborhood. Yeah. Like, you definitely see, I saw a lot of, like, uh, Hispanic or Latino kids and, you know, African-American kids. And then I, I, I saw young white couples, too, because, you know, everywhere. is gentrified. you all. Right. I was, I was going
0: to say, yeah, they moved in.
1: Yeah, no. <laughs> exactly. But it's, like, it's, it's fine. It's, it, yeah. If you kind of, I mean... Extreme bad luck included, if you kinda understand the basics of how to protect yourself and Exactly. Just, just don't just go running the run into the wild all naked. You you, you probably yeah. chances are you're fine. Low
0: profile. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So walk
1: extremely fast. Look like you know where you're going. Exactly. Don't, don't be pulling walk with out, purpose. Don't be pulling out a map in the middle of the intersection. <laughs> 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 things like that. And, was like, and that that was my first taste of being in Whatever, what seemed to be a rough, rough neighborhood yeah. all, all on your own like this is not as bad as yeah. what I was told. Good
0: for you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then, um, and then, I, and then just because I kind of grew up with American culture, I've always felt a little more comfortable mm-hmm. when I'm in like the Western atmosphere, in, you know, Europe or the States, um, and just without a lot of judgment. Because I, I, I talk about this all the time. Like, I have very severe body image issues. Mm-hmm. Because really? Because like, the social environment for women is so tough in Asia, especially. I mean, I, I say especially only because that's the culture I'm more familiar with. Mm-hmm. In Eastern Asia, being a woman is rough.
0: Really? Why? How rough. come?
1: Just a lot of pressure. Like, you got to be skinny when you're young. And you cannot, because, like, if, in terms of, Like, for a girl to have or exhibit the fact that that she has good virtue, you cannot date or start seeing boys when you're very young. But, and then you also want to be, your your parents want you to be well educated. And then, and so basically all your journey through your academic life, you cannot date. And then as soon as you graduate, you got to get married. Wow! As soon as, as you, as soon as you get married, you gotta have kids. Okay. And as soon as you have kids, you gotta bounce back. And as soon as you bounce back, you gotta get your career. You so it's get, a
0: lot of pressure. It's a, yeah, pressure. every step
1: of the way. There's always something that, there's always a benchmark that if you don't reach, you be you be criticized. Mm. And the body image thing is is is, is big because it seems to be, it's, it's some something that's seemingly easy to achieve, mm-hmm. but it's. Um, just troubles most people. Trouble because because the, the the way our lifestyle is, the food we eat, the right. lack of exercise, lack of activity is that we have. And uh, every time every time I talk to my mom, she still brings it up. Like I, I can't gain a pound without my mom noticing. Mm. And then the, here in the states, I talk about my trip to New York. I got. Cat called a lot when I was in New York. Mm-hmm. Cause you're like, cute. I was like, who? No, <laughs> I have never not. I mean, even when I was in Europe, like London. My God, again, so many attractive people. Like mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not even on the chart. Like there's, there is no, there is no league for me. And like, when I got cat called in New York, it's like. You serious? What, what are You talking you to me? Yeah. Do you just do you just cat call anybody that's a female that wants <laughs> you? And then just and then you know I was able to wear shorts. It was high, It was in the middle of summer. I, I wore like hot pants. I mm-hmm. wore like just a tank top with no bra. Mm-hmm. I didn't even have to care. Like in, you were
0: you felt free there, huh? Yeah.
1: In Asia, I couldn't yeah. you go out with, a, with no bra. Like what is what is up?
0: Yeah. Well, kind of like here too. You better not do that. No. I'm
1: really, <laughs> I like, I have seen a lot of I'm starting swings. to see it a little more, but uh, yeah, I, I've seen a lot of free swinging around here. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm I'm seeing it a little more. I mean, you know, after
1: yeah. after breastfeeding, like sometimes with my boobs, I don't wanna I don't wanna do anything with it. <laughs> just, just let it just let it live. Yeah,
0: yeah. I need a rest.
1: <laughs>
0: do you have more questions for me about being black? <laughs>
1: well, no, <laughs> it's the, okay. I do want to ask your preference. I we mentioned like. Um, First of all, I honestly, I have not until sometime this year, I have never thought about the actual description, the actual phrase of black. Mm Because it is is a word for color. Mm -hmm. I would not like to be called yellow. Right. I would not like to call anybody brown. So... But, and then when you use terms like Afri- African American, then what do I say when it comes to black people living in other countries?
0: Right. Right? I think in other countries, most people refer to themselves as black, mm-hmm. you know? Um, when I was growing up, we were black, mm-hmm. you know? And then um, the past, I don't know, 10 years or something mm-hmm. is when we started saying African American. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, either way, either phrase is correct mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. Okay. You know, like my mother in law, bless her heart, she's so sweet, you know, but like her generation, like I remember she, one time she said colored, you know, and I was like, oh, mom, we don't say that anymore. And uh-huh. she was like, I don't know what to say, <laughs> you know, <laughs> bless her, because my husband is Caucasian, okay. you know, and um, isn't that weird how Caucasian is really just Asian? From the Caucus Mountains, when you think about it,
1: yeah, right, oh, yeah, that was, that's what I was thinking. Cause I, I again, I can't just make the decision on my own. Cause I'm using this phrase on other people, so I kind of want to consider other people's opinions, mm-hmm. take their opinions in, uh, in for this for this in this case, um, like because we kind of refer to ourselves as Asia, and that's a geographical description, right? That's where we came from, right? So can't we just use african to cover it all because that's is it possible well that makes some people feel uncomfortable i
0: think so because i think because with africa it's that's considered the continent of africa Mm -hmm. you know and then african-american it means that because we are american Mm -hmm. you know it's what we know Mm -hmm. you know we've been here as long as for you know more than how old is the country? Two hundred. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Close to
1: three. Yeah. Five. I don't
0: know. it's was going. Let me two fifty. I don't yeah. know. Two hundred and some change. I, I will. I, I.
1: am. So I do want to catch up on my history lessons. I am kind of waiting for when my daughter is kind of old old enough for us to start reading a little bit of like snippets of historical mm-hmm. stories. So I will revise on the whole thing with her. Learn with her. Because I know I will struggle. I'm not the best at memorizing. Don't
0: worry, most Americans so do I too. So I kind
1: of want to use myself as an example to show her it's okay to struggle. Like this is a lot of information, especially for kids these days. Yeah. So much has happened and in the past years. Yeah, community. and
0: everything is like being rewritten too. Yeah. You know, so
1: it's, it's going to be a struggle, and then I would like to struggle with her. Yeah. I hope she will want to do that with me too. But yeah, I, I again, I want to know the actual opinion from people actually in the community. I don't right. want anybody who studied. African-American culture to just tell me what to do. Yeah, yeah. I just, because I will be dealing with actual people in my community. And then I want to do whatever they feel comfortable with.
0: And so for me, I mean, it's like, it's not, and for most African-Americans, it's Mm -hmm. just not, you know, once every, we all are different. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not one... There are different communities within the African-American community, Mm -hmm. you know, just like any other community, Mm -hmm. you know. um, But definitely, I wouldn't say African because that's part of the African diaspora, you know. Um,
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. I don't know. So black, African-American.
1: Okay.
0: I think that's about it. Good to know. Good to know.
1: Like, yeah. I just want to. I don't want people from other communities tell me what to do. That's okay.
0: great. And yeah. Whoever,
1: whoever I'm talking about, I want to talk to them to find out yeah. the truth. Yeah, go to the source. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's a, that's, a, that's a good way to put it. And I do want to, another thing I want to ask you is that, you know, I am um, part of this podcast, part of what I'm trying to document is me learning to, or at least me trying to be in this community. Like is it, I know I'm not, here to stay for long term Mm -hmm. but just while I'm here I would like to learn more and then see if there's anything I can actually contribute to help the community
0: I think you already are
1: yeah and I remember that one time you were talking with Sabrina and then you mentioned you know you seem like you know about people in this community that are um either um what's it called uh, addicted to certain substance or living under the poverty line? Do you volunteer or do, are you involved in any of the yeah. local organizations? Yeah, well, uh, first of all,
0: I am recovering. I'm in a, the recovery community. I've okay. been sober for 22 years.
1: Oh, congratulations. Yeah. thank
0: you. That's I appreciate great. that. So I go to celebrate recovery at Temple Church mm-hmm. and... Um, but it's not just for, like, drugs and alcohol. It's They say it's for hurts, habits, and hangups. Okay. And so it's for anybody if you're dealing with grief, if you're dealing with anger issues, mm-hmm. you might be dealing with sexual addiction, you might be dealing with, you don't even know, mm-hmm. anxiety, mm-hmm. you know. So that's what Celebrate Recovery is about. It's mm-hmm. just, like, dealing with your issues in a safe environment um it is christ-centered though so um you know so yeah so i've been i have been involved in that community for i i've sponsored women um to help you know going through their addictions or whatever Mm -hmm. and then also i mean you know i've been like on the high end of the spectrum i've been you know on poverty level Mm -hmm. you know so i've been on both ends you know as a volunteer with the salvation army i've been a recipient of help you know Mm -hmm. services from the salvation army so you know being on both ends what i i've noticed is that you know you just better be careful how you treat people because you never know like if it might happen to you Mm -hmm. and so that was always the philosophy that my mother and father taught me, even though I grew up pretty much upper middle class, Mm -hmm. you know, some of the choices I made created, you know, me to be on the lower end of the class Mm -hmm. spectrum. But then I've also been able to give back as a volunteer, you know? So I say this to say that sometimes people get into positions of service Mm -hmm. Sometimes for the prestige, sometimes for the monetary benefit, Mm -hmm. you know, and they don't have any business being in those positions. If you're a racist, you should not be distributing food and distributing services to people of a general population Mm -hmm. of a a certain population. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't be there. It's, it's, it doesn't go. It doesn't. Yeah. You're always going to have a haughty spirit. You're always going to look down on that population. Mm-hmm. If you are serving people, then you need to have a spirit of humility. Yeah. And a lot of times people get in positions. They've been in there 10, 20 years, and they lose their humanity. You know, they lose their compassion. They lose their empathy. And granted, there are people that abuse, you know, come. They see the same people coming back, and uh, mm-hmm. you of know. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? Tough stuff, it's not really, it's not your business. It's your business to manage the money, to manage the grants, to manage the provisions, and manage the services. But you still, I still believe that people need to do an attitude check Mm -hmm. on a regular basis. You know, because you're there to serve. Mm -hmm.
1: I I agree with Mm -hmm. you. Yeah, the the, the, the one thing that's not being talked about enough in the the States, I feel like, is power. you know again this is my outside perspective and I, I, this is not a mature view i, I just started thinking about it the, the other day um just with something that was connected back in china in, in, from my perspective a lot of so-called quote-unquote institutionalized racism mm-hmm. is in, institutionalized power abuse
0: i agree with that
1: like if the power of racial imbalance is taken away, or if we can take it away, mm-hmm. then there will be no power for them to abuse. Exactly. And then that, so the, the quote unquote institutionalized racism will just dissolve on its own. Right. Because the whole thing survives, and thrives on power abuse.
0: It's a power structure, yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I,
1: I am not speaking, I'm not rep- representing anybody else, this is just my viewpoint. The same thing that everything, every bad thing that we see here between that, that has a component of racial tension, racial injustice, happens in a different country where there is no racial difference. Mm-hmm. There is just class and power difference. Right. So as just, yes, that's a component. Yes, there are people who fit certain profiles that does certain bad things that unfairly oh, to other people but that's simply because of power mm-hmm. and they believe in their head the color of their skin has power Yeah, and that's what needs to be taken out right right just,
0: yeah just, it's an, like you said it's it's another component mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and i think in that case when it when it has to do with a racial you know racial injustice it's just easier because you can identify mm-hmm. your opponent or what you perceive as yeah you know, who your opponent is or who, mm-hmm. who your, who the lower class structure is, mm-hmm. you know, if, if that, does that make sense?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's, I, I just, I'm, I'm, I keep collecting other people's opinions and then I keep just processing this in my head. Because um, I remember, um, in, <laughs> I remember when I wore uh, I don't know if you've seen this series on Netflix, um, Killer Mike made, mm-hmm. and he, he's a rapper, he made a series, uh, what is it called? Triggered. Netflix, I think it came out a few years ago.
0: Is he a, a comedian?
1: No, he's a he's a rapper. Oh, okay. And um, but his whole thing is basically he's trying to uh, preach and practice the principle of keeping. Uh, money that the black community have earned in its own community like supporting black-owned businesses mm-hmm. and supporting your local business
0: oh and doesn't he go to like different yeah, okay yeah, okay yeah, i've yeah. seen a little bit i've yeah. seen like a couple of episodes yeah
1: so i i, I did definitely like on, on, on some level i do agree on what he is trying to put out there is that it's you gotta you gotta support business you gotta build wealth like without yeah. wealth, you have no independence. Without with no independence, then you you cannot have enough representation mm-hmm. in whatever game that's being played in Washington mm-hmm. D.C. Like just overall, let's just get rich first in, in in the right way, get rich, and then so we can have a say, right? Because that's because that, wealth is power. Yeah, because yeah. that's the whole card China is playing. I was talking to my mom this morning. She was she was so proud because. And, and I don't fault her for that. Um, she was so proud because the, the chairman uh, of the CCP gave a pretty grandiose talk, speech, um, you know, in, in, for the celebration of their 100-year anniversary. And she was saying, I, I didn't hear the speech, I haven't looked it up yet, so I don't know exactly what he said, but what she, her perception of, from, from the, the speech is that the, the Chinese people are rich, We got the cash in our hand and we don't listen to nobody. Nobody pushes us around. And in terms of military, in terms of economics, like we finally got to a level where, you know, the the world, namely America, who who else are they referring to? The world would need to listen to us, consider our opinion, our, you know, we, we finally have enough power to protect. Our own interest mm-hmm. for the first time in close to 100 years. Wow! So they're they're extremely and then that's the that's the um, that's the line the the the, the political party is toting to the people, which makes perfect sense. Like that's not a wrong thing to say. Mm-hmm. Certain things they're doing to get this power is not entirely ethical, uh, questionable,
0: questionable. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: But the thing they're telling the people is right.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You can't just be out there arguing naked without a dime to your name. Mm -hmm. You gotta have yourself something, build yourself something solid first, and then you can have, you know, you will have a solid chance to fight. And uh, um, one of the things I I definitely want to, to, at least, you know, from the time that we moved back, I don't know how long we're gonna stay on the continent of the (laughs) U.S., Like this is at least we'll I'll, I'll, we'll be here for another two years, but um if if I can physically help the local community, just to, you know, just I, I don't know what kind of difference it will make. It may not make any difference, mm-hmm. but if I get a chance to help, I definitely want to. In what way? Just in terms of volunteering. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, I'm straining my life out. I'm close to. I'm I'm preparing for an art show in the back of arts in november what so i, I paint I wow i didn't know that so I, i'm kind of focusing on that and then keeping the little human alive mm-hmm.
0: yeah. and yeah that's so a big deal managing the
1: house and stuff but once that show I'm, I'm prepped for the show i definitely want to make time and then it'll be getting you know close to holiday season when is your show I, I have I don't have a date yet. Uh-huh. I just wanna I want to make sure I have enough work to show first.
0: What is your work like? That's exciting. Um,
1: yeah, I'll, I'll show you sometime. Like okay. Do a lot of drawings, line drawings, portraits, and you know, pretty pretty stuff. hmm Like pretty, in my opinion, at least. Nice. Um, and um, uh, I definitely want to volunteer and then just really see like who are the people in the community that needs help mm-hmm. and if there is anything I can do to help. There's one thing I do kind of like about myself is that I, overthinking is not an entirely positive trait, but I sometimes do kind of come up with solutions that are, that doesn't seem to have been practiced before. I understand. So if there is a, if there is a, if, it, if there is a need, if I can think of a solution, if I can give it a try, if I can see if it helps anybody, then I would like to give it a try. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, I, I, I used to be that person, but I'm trying not to be anymore. Is that I don't want to complain about anything that I have not tried and mm-hmm, failed in. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. I don't want to go into a neighborhood and then just judge the demographic of the neighborhood yeah. without actually knowing what is the problem and then see if there is a fix. And I
0: you know, understand that. But
1: everything is so complex these days. It is, so or it
0: seems stuff. like it. I know sometimes unnecessarily so. Mm-hmm. You know, like for example, I like. I want to read to kids. Mm-hmm. I want to read to the kids over, you know, at the, um, is it Trent Court over here? I forget, you know, the name. The the projects, mm-hmm. you know. I want to go over there and I want to read stories to them, mm-hmm. you know, like do a summer reading program like I do online mm-hmm. with, you know, with Book Nook, VIP yeah. Kid. And um, it's, you know, so if somebody sent me something from the library for the mm-hmm. summer reading program and you know, they were like, well, just go online. And, you know, I was like, well, this is complicated. You know? And I was like, can I just go, like, to the housing authority? Because they're the ones that govern that, you know, uh-huh. that those you know that community. And then just, you know, I just want to, like, read some stories of little kids. Uh-huh. You know? And get a couple of some of my friends and go read some stories to them. Yeah, if, Give them a little So they'll get a love of books. You I'd know? love to
1: join you on that. Because I, I read for my daughter every day. It, and it's very uh fulfilling yeah to see her like her eyes all spark up, up. Because she, she, yeah she likes the story and then after we read it for like a hundredth time she started memorizing it mm-hmm. and it's just like wow this their their brain really picked it up mm-hmm. so yeah if you if if that ever becomes i'll true, try to I'll find i'm gonna
0: try to find out i think okay. i know i'm gonna contact um uh, her name is Miss Teresa Lee, mm-hmm. and she's, like, really act very active in this community, but she's also very nice, mm-hmm. and I, I think she is, uh, I don't know if she's the director of the housing, I know she's at the Housing Authority, I mm-hmm. think, so I'm going to contact her. I met her, actually, <laughs> I met her on the side of the road with some people that were holding up signs, uh-huh. and they were, like, holding, they were doing, like, a prayer thing, a uh-huh. prayer vigil, and I... One day I was, like, just driving around New Bern, and I was, like, I was bored, and I was, like, mad at my husband. And I was, like, you know, Lord, I was, like, show me who, my people are. Because I was, like, looking for some people to, like, hang out with. I saw these people on the side of the road, and they were, like, praying for New Bern. I was, like, oh, (laughs) those look like my kind of people. So I went over there, and she was there, you know. And they were, like, just, and it was during, like, all the turmoil, you know, with the with the election mm-hmm. and everything. And, you know, they were like, yeah, come on, join us. And they were, like, just praying for New Bern, Praying for our country and praying for New Bern. Wow. You know, and that's how I, I met her, you know. And I was like, yeah, so... Great. And the other thing I would like to do, this is, like, I've had this since, vision since I first came here, mm-hmm. is my husband, his field was solar. He's an electrician, but mm-hmm. his field was solar when we were in California. Mm-hmm. And solar is so common there. Like, mm-hmm. you buy a new house, and there's already solar on it, mm-hmm. you know? And I thought, I think, like, they need that here so much, yeah. you, know? you know? Like, they could put them on, like, you know, like, all the... I mean, because I, I really feel for, I mean our light bill is high I feel like it's high mm-hmm. compared to like California mm-hmm. and we had a four-bedroom house you know and it was brand new and it our light bill was not as high as it is here mm-hmm. you know and I, I feel and i so I'm like if we're struggling then what about the people that are like you know really low income and struggling yeah and that's where all their money is going to yeah. You know, and I don't understand, like, we could put solar on, like, all of these municipal buildings, on all the housing projects, mm-hmm. and, you know, and that would really free up a significant portion of people's income, you mm-hmm. know, of their, you know, so, or their household expenses. So. Yeah. And I, I've been trying to get my husband, because, you know, he's the workhorse. <laughs> <laughs> it's my idea, but he's the workhorse, yeah. you know. Even if we just did like a nonprofit and like that was the idea was to do a nonprofit. And then we would take people who were like um, part of like the reentry program or like, you know, um, ex offenders Mm -hmm. and train them how to do solar, you know. And I know like the um, the vote center, they're starting a solar program. But, Mm -hmm. you know, my I really that's what I would really like to do. Sounds, it's like put solar on the roof of people in yeah. their, their homes. In, yeah, in especially
1: it's, it's yeah, because in we actually considered solar when we first bought our house, moved here. Um, but now we thought, well, we're 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 not, not gonna, gonna be, be here, long. here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like we we weren't sure if the tenants want to deal with what if something happens to it and needs mm-hmm. to be repaired, roofs, this and that. Or oh, we'll just yeah. wait. Yeah. So, I mean, and, wanted it. yeah,
0: and I know. And I know like the startup costs are a lot is a, a big deterrent for a mm-hmm. lot of people, you know, yeah. and I don't think the incentives are like they are back in California, mm-hmm. you know, like they'll pay you back, you know, they'll pay you. I actually controller. know some
1: people just, yeah, why is their own system? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think they have, I don't know if they have a power storage system figured out. But in terms of just putting the panels up com- and then connecting converting and then using them mm-hmm. they, i know people who figured it out and then that's good for their own like tiny house or something
0: yeah oh that's yeah. nice yeah yeah I,
1: I went to a camp to learn how to build a house in like 14 days what and then um yeah and then i got there a day late so they already laid the foundation they dug mm-hmm. the trenches and then laid the foundation and but I, I went there and then we start putting up building walls and window panels and
0: wow they, they
1: build their own bricks from local clay that they dug up they sift it through and then what? add different components to it make they built their own machine to lay bri- bricks like this, wow. these people who are just super into DIY like they make their own three D printers. They wow. make their own everything.
0: I want to learn that. Right? I'll send you the group. You, okay. They have a
1: they have a huge library of things you can do on your own. Like it's it's very technical. Some more complex. Mm-hmm. But if you want to do it, information is all there. It's all free. Use it.
0: Oh, Wow, that's yeah. neat.
1: It's cool. Yeah, I, I really like them. I haven't. Uh, I, I I read the technical stuff again. My English is good enough to communicate. Your English
0: is great, but
1: when I'm trying to read something technical, I was like, my eyes just start crossing. I just,
0: yeah, I yeah. understand. <laughs>
1: but yeah, one day when I if I need it, I'll have to go through it. It's a it's a really cool program. It's called Open Source Ecology. Oh, okay. Have you heard of them? I've heard
0: of Open Source, but but yeah, but yeah.
1: basically, Open Source is that they basically put everything they know out there in the in the this collective library. Um, and then you, whatever you need, you just go look it up and use it. They don't charge anything. Nice. And then if you have questions, they have Facebook groups and you can email them. You just ask your questions.
0: What do you think about data science? I was thinking about taking like data science or data analytics or something. It's
1: definitely very, very useful. Mm-hmm. Like, was it? I was in an online uh, small um, a lecture a few days ago for military spouses, and mm-hmm. then they were talking about some of the uh, the the most in-demand industries in the next five to ten years Mm -hmm. um data science is one of them Mm -hmm. like just uh, they didn't talk about coding because that's already gone right um now it's like analytics and exactly yeah like
0: in the the science
1: no knowing how to analyze the numbers and then use them towards whatever your companies or organizations advantages is yeah so yeah if you have the time look into it it's I think I'm going to, to yeah. It's a good time to jump in. And then just and then it's things like this. And whatever you can do from your home Exactly. I'm, I'm all for it. Me too. I don't need to wear a suit. I Dude. don't need to be there eight o'clock. I don't in the think I
0: will ever go back to an office again. Yeah. Ugh, good. I boy.
1: don't mind it, but I have I to do. work for no, I'm just kidding. I can't I because I've worked when I was earlier in it. days, I worked for big corporations mm-hmm. and I also worked for smaller teams.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I just I I can't swallow any of the big corporate stuff they're trying to feed you. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't, if, if the, the cause of the company is not something that I care. That a lot, it'd be
0: sane. Yeah. It's I, like, I, I don't. Care. I, I mean,
1: it's a luxury. I, <laughs> I I know I can say this because I have the support from my husband, I have right, the support from, from, my, from my family. Same. So I can actually get to choose. I don't need to go out. So, one of my favorite shows, and it's also something I used to learn a lot I learned a lot about like African African American culture in the States because mm-hmm. everybody hates Chris I don't know if you ever know yeah America. that show is awesome oh, so cute it's, So wholesome. it really is good yeah. yeah and then they talk about the mom always quitting her job I know the hat, that's me because her husband has two jobs <laughs> So I, I understand like i mean the that's same boat. Great. I can go get a job at Starbucks and I can quit the day after. Mm-hmm. I don't need this. My husband has well he has one job but that's enough. Right. But yeah. I know the same. I know. I understand it's a luxury, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I that's like one of the first things I recommend to my friends like back home who really don't know much about this culture. Like they want to learn more. Like they or if they. Send me this snippet of a translated news about some kind of events happening in the states that you know involves racial tension mm-hmm. and, I just, and then they start asking me questions and I said well before you ask me questions go watch this show yeah like just have a sense of the actual community and some of the characters see the good in the community first mm-hmm. don't be thinking it's all you know like the South of Chicago oh, right it's not all like that. Right. even in the south of Chicago it's not like, exactly. All like that. Exactly. So just And you
0: can't trust the media anyway. You know, yeah, right? Oh my god. Gosh. Uh,
1: um but yeah this so it's so good talking to you. I, you I too. I, I hope you will be interested in coming back. I would I, love to. When I learn more and then if we we get to volunteer together doing something more I would love I'll to. I'll look into that. it. I would yeah. like that. I I just I really would like to be able to help and um, be able to do something like I, I'm in this community mm-hmm. and again I've mentioned I'm a, I'm a very big believer of if I'm not doing anything to improve it then I don't get a say in any of the negatives mm-hmm. that I see mm-hmm. so anyway. well
0: I feel like just having this platform is mm-hmm. a very big you're doing a lot more than you realize
1: I think it, thank you and mm-hmm. you know I get this from Charles if he didn't let me sit there and talk to him for for half an hour and burn his ears out i would have never gotten this opportunity
0: yeah but yeah. you were a blessing to charles too i was gonna say he would never, yeah
1: he would never get to sit you know watch the waves and then read the good books that i know her, look i texted
0: him the other day i was like dude i was like you're really dropping the ball <laughs> of me living vicariously through you because i don't see any beach pictures <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, we'll scold him when he comes back. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you so much for talking to me. I'm sorry this dude is so hot. Oh,
0: you know what? I, I, it's also that time of life for me, yeah. so.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, this this being, being, this being, being a mother business mm-hmm. and aging as a woman is...
0: It's real. <laughs>
1: my God. It's real. My God. Yeah. Like, the difference of my life quality before, mm-hmm. pre-labor, like, my, <laughs> My pre- pregnancy was so easy. I <gasps> mm-hmm. honestly didn't take this whole thing seriously. Mm-hmm. I was just like I was taking care of myself extremely well. I didn't have any stress. Mm-hmm. Again, my mind just got a job, Uh and it just it was just easy. And then the baby dropped and then the first even the first few months it wasn't too bad. Mm-hmm. Even with newborn and stuff. It wasn't you just kind of gradually get a hang of it. And then for me my breaking point was somewhere around six months or so and I just started having all these internal anxiety about Mm. who I am like I'm not a young I'm not just a girl anymore and I'm not just my own woman anymore I'm a mother and people see me as a mother as a housewife and this and that your
0: identity is exactly like things I
1: never thought about Mm -hmm. just start and then I I couldn't I couldn't put it away Mm -hmm. it was just always there and now with all the physical changes and everything, the hormones, mm-hmm. I, I wish somebody would talked about this a lot more, right. instead of talk, telling me about how to be pregnant because being pregnant was not that mm. at least not for me. I didn't have any medical conditions. Mm-hmm. So, oof, yeah, well, I, I'm actually uh, in, in a few weeks, maybe I'll, I'll invite, I went through physical therapy just postpartum because we didn't have the resources in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to a physical therapist in Moorhead city. And she's she's a great great woman, and then she taught me a lot. And then um, I'm gonna invite her over sometimes to just talk about like exactly what women is going through. That's
0: good. Like
1: physically, and then there are so many things like preventatively we could have done, Mm -hmm. and we need to prepare young women with, just so they don't have to go through what you know could possibly be avoided. It's just um, yeah. Yeah,
0: that's good. That'll be a good show. Yeah
1: I, yeah, I hope so. And she's she's a really fun person. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I look forward to it. Thank you so much for talking. You're welcome. About Thank you for having me. Oh, I, I I love your spirit, and again, I'm, I love I'm lucky. Spirit. Well,
0: we kind of hit it off right away when we yeah, first met. I,
1: I I am I consider myself lucky. I I've not even just with people on the street that I've had a brief encounter with, and people you know the the uh, African American communities that I've had very brief encounter with mm-hmm. in this town so far have been a hundred percent positive
0: that's awesome
1: and then just like (laughs) there was once i was coming out of the studio and then there was just pouring rain outside and then my car was parked on the street i just wanted to run to it to check i wasn't i didn't get a ticket Mm -hmm. and there were two gentlemen standing outside and then one of them like they were just walking by and then they offered to walk me to my car to check whether because it was raining so hard and then they walked me to my car to check, and then then they they were like like older uncles and kind of kind of age, and then they walked me back, and then we just kind of exchanged some pre- pleasantries and left. And then, then it just felt really nice and warm. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's I, I again I count myself lucky. I don't count my blessings enough, mm-hmm. but when when I do get a chance to, I, I really do. Hey and. Um, yeah, I look forward to being able to do something with you me in too. this community. Me I, too. I do want to, I can't promise how much I can help. I, I really, really want to. Like there is this, it's part of me being my own person. Because mm-hmm. growing up, I have never really helped anybody else. I've always received a lot of help that I took for granted. Mm-hmm. And now I just want to see if there is, if I have the resource, to the, the, the strength or whatever to give back. At least a little bit. Whatever I can do. Right. I would like to try. And if I try and fail, that's another business. But at least I would like to try. Okay. All right. Well, Thank I'll you. find something. I'll find some things for us. Thank you. So much. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you, Alice.
0: Thanks for having me, Nee. I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm, let me go
1: turn off that that camera. Hi.